Welcome to the Glasgow Girls Club podcast, where we chat to inspirational folks throughout the city about living their best lives and encourage our listeners to grow and glow. Hello and welcome to the GGC podcast. My name is Laura McGuinness and every week I'm out and about in the city interviewing some inspirational folks for y'all. On this week's podcast, I catch up with Dr Jude Marshall and Dr Poonam Krishan, who are founders of Glasgow Wellbeings, NHS GPs and busy mums navigating through life just like the rest of us. Their ethos at Glasgow Wellbeings is that prevention is always better than cure and these inspirational women are creating a community that practices just that. During this podcast, expect to gain a multitude of teachings on weaving health hacks into everyday life, focusing on the different pillars of lifestyle medicine, which are the key to both personal and professional success. Have a listen. So hello ladies. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the GGC podcast. Thank you for having us. Not at all, not at all. I wondered if you could give us a wee intro to both of you before we get cracking. Sure. My name's Jude Marshall and I'm a GP in Glasgow. And I am also a full-time mum of three boys, age eight, five and two. Uh, I'm Purim Christian. I'm also a GP in Glasgow. I'm passionate about lifestyle medicine. But uh, yeah, I'm, I've got a little boy who's six years old. And I've also got a wee fur boy. Okay, brilliant. So talk to both GPs. Yep. And you've created a collective called the Glasgow Wellbeings, which is amazing. So tell us a wee bit about that. Yeah, so two years ago, um, we're coming up to our second birthday actually, uh, Jude and I um, really got together and we were discussing our mutual interest for lifestyle medicine, which essentially is focusing more on the prevention of illness rather than cure. Okay. Um, as both full-time GPs, what we see is a lot of people coming in with chronic complex conditions and we're seeing a rise in things like type 2 diabetes, stroke, heart disease, certain types of cancer, yeah. obesity, mental health problems all are on the rise and in fact about 70 to 80 percent of what we're seeing every day is that yeah and we were like well why is this happening and actually with 10 minutes per patient we're not having enough time to really no. educate and talk to them about how to stay well so we thought well how can we kind of get more health messages out to the community how can we actually prevent people from developing chronic problems in the first place and really all of it focuses down to the main five pillars of lifestyle medicine which is physical activity nutrition focusing on sort of mental health your stress management but also the importance of sleep which we're all chronically deprived of and the last thing is really that connection to community so we were like, well, we want to spend more time with the, the public. Yes. Let's form a group that can actually do that. And that's where Glasgow Wellbeings was born. Brilliant. And really since then, um, it's taken off. Yep. That is so, so do you do, you do like events and, and different things like that, workshops? Yes, yeah, so we do three different types of things. Brilliant. The first is meetups. Okay. So we do that through the meetup app. Okay. And we try and do it about once a month, once every couple of months, okay. usually on a Saturday morning somewhere in Glasgow. Brilliant. And we meet for a couple of hours and either Pudum and I will choose the subject or yep. we might discuss at the end of the last meeting an area that people wanted to cover. So okay. examples of things we've done are covering supplements, a little bit of information about that, yep. what people take, why they should take certain things. Or we did one recently that was on goal setting, which was really, really helpful for everybody who attended. And we've got one coming up at the end of October, which is on winter wellness. Just talking about things to think about in the 
as winter approaches and the colder weather and things to think about. Yeah. Things like getting your flu shot if you're entitled to it or taking vitamin D, which we believe is very important okay. in Scotland over winter. Um, so that's the first thing we do. That's meetups. Yep. The second thing we do is workshops where we collaborate with other people. Okay. So other people who are experts probably in the local area and run workshops, more hands-on kind of experiences for people. So we've done it with um, Janice who runs Be Nourished Nourished by Nature and she talks about gut health and fermentation. It's just bringing a little bit of us, a little bit of their knowledge and kind of giving people some information and kind of empowering people to, again, live in wellness as much as they can. Yeah. And we also have been out to schools and done some corporate events as well. Oh, great. That's amazing. Yep. And the final thing we do is events. So these are a bit more larger scale. Okay. And the idea is that we're bringing people who, maybe not from the local area, more from down south mostly, yeah. up to Glasgow, putting on events for them. So there are people that Poonam and I have met through our journeys. Okay. Or courses or days that we've gone to in London. Yeah. Kind of made a connection with them. They love what we're doing and they've almost asked to come up and do workshops up in Glasgow with us. So Brilliant. because they're coming up from London, it's a bit more of a bigger deal. We yes. ask them we ask them if they'll let more people come. Yeah. So that it almost makes it worth their while to yeah. come up. So we've had um, a few of them this year actually and we've got a few more in the diary over the next six months. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Such a good way of getting the Live Well message out there as well, like to do those different types of things. And going into schools, that's that's yeah. incredible, isn't it? Because getting children, that giving that, them Absolutely. that knowledge to take through their life. I think that's one of the biggest things is that we've kind of learned that even despite the fact that we're both medics, yeah. we were never really taught about the importance of staying well. It was always about how do we fix a disease. Yeah. And that's always the focus of um, medical school teaching. Mm-hmm. It's just like, here's an ill person. Uh, what pill can we give them to fix them? Yeah. But actually, one of the most important things that we need to learn from very early on in our life and actually instilling that in children is the most amazing way to do that. Yeah is how do we actually get people to think, actually, I don't want to get sick, you know, yes. so how do I stop getting that condition that my grandfather had? Yes. Um, and children absorb information so quickly, and, and they actually are the best teachers. I think we learn more from our own children. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you actually have to practice what you preach. So I think just by inspiring and teaching children, almost kind of, is like how can we improve the next generation? Yes. Um, because something needs to change at the moment as a society, as a collective, we're getting sicker rather than better. And this just needs to reverse, the trends need to change. Yeah, you would assume, wouldn't you, that as time goes on, it would be the opposite way, mm-hmm. as the way technology is with the way everything, but it's not, which is scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's like getting it at its source, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the pillars then, the five pillars, will we chat a wee bit about each of them then? Because it'd be good to chat about tips and things that people should be mindful of. Absolutely. Well, I start with um, what you eat. Okay. So this is kind of from our experience, but also our experience as parents. Yes. um, How important it is. And you can, as parents, we notice the differences in behaviour when your kids, they may have had a lot of sugary things or more processed foods versus maybe when you've given them more fruits and vegetables. So this is something we kind of knew, but the more that we've studied and the more that we've um, learned on the job type thing, we realised how important it is. So what we put into our bodies is so important. Yes. So for us, um, as Glasgow Wellbeings, our belief is that 
we don't sp- stick to one diet. Yep. It's just about trying to incorporate as many fruits and vegetables into your diet as what yep. you are. You can. Cutting down on processed foods. Yep. So processed foods are traditionally things that have got more than five ingredients in them. Right, okay. So if you look at the back of the packet, okay. then that gives you an idea of what's gone into it. Ah. Um, and all the things that have got E numbers and all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and they've got different preservatives and additives in it to give them a shelf value or yep. a shelf life to yep. let them stay on the shelf as long as, as they do. Yeah. Um, so trying to eat fresher food. Yes. So trying to cook things from scratch. So it's both cheaper and um, better for you. Okay, so even things like tins of soup, they'll have like additives and preservatives, so it's always like make your stuff from scratch. Yeah, Yeah, okay. So trying to put a wee bit of your week aside, um, it's what we do as parents. I do it on a Sunday night, so I get my Tesco delivery Sunday morning, and then I try to batch cook cook a couple of meals for the kids to have during the week. Good organisation. Yeah, because, you know, if you don't write down what you need from the shops, that's yeah. the first thing, isn't it? Because you'll then go in and pick off. Everything. You're hungry and you'll pick anything. <laughs> Everything. So that's the first thing. And then if you don't plan what you're going to cook, when you then go to make something, the fact that you then can't find the can of whatever tomatoes yes. or whatever, you're like, oh, well, I, I can't do that then. You yeah. Know, yeah, so true. <laughs> so trying to just cook fresh food, because yeah. you know what's going into it then. Yeah. Um, as I say, we get a delivery, but, you know, if you can go to the shops and pick out fruits and vegetables that look good, like yep. Aldi and Lidl are very good value for vegetables yeah. and fruit. Yep. So um, trying to get as much of that good stuff into people. Yep. With your diet as well, thinking about cutting back on sugar if you can. Mm-hmm. So I'm currently doing Stoptober, but not with alcohol, but with sugar. Right, to try okay. and cut back. That's, that's a good yeah. idea, actually. Because yeah. for me, alcohol, I don't drink that much. So for me, the bigger change, I thought, or the bigger challenge yeah. was to give up sugar. sugar. And we're only a few days in and I can already feel different, isn't that? Really? Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a right fan of a sweet treat in an evening yeah so nothing really do you know well over after dinner that's always my weak point yep. so my tip for after dinner is either to brush your teeth okay yeah you don't want your chocolate yeah well, me i'm not a fan yeah. of minty chocolate no, so i don't want that or i have a cup of peppermint tea Okay. And that also leaves that taste yeah. in your mouth. So yeah. that puts me off having sweet treats in the evening. Okay. So that's a little bit about what you um thinking about alcohol as well, of course. Yeah. Um alcohol smoking doesn't really apply here because you don't eat it. But you mm-hmm. know, the kind of toxins per se if mm-hmm. you take them in too large volumes, you know, yeah. alcohol's fine in moderation. Yeah. We have limits that the chief medical officer who um, gives out advice on public health issues. Mm-hmm. We have limits that she sets. Okay. Um, that are what we consider to be within healthy limits. Okay, so what would be a healthy limit for alcohol? So healthy limit is 14 units a week. And what is that? Because I always hear this and I'm like, what is that? Like, <laughs> I think a large glass is like two units yeah or two and a half units maybe so right okay so you're talking like maybe five between five and seven glasses yeah it's actually all right though isn't it what we tend to find actually is that people and we're all guilty of it in certain times of life but it's when you're actually drinking like a glass of wine every night and thinking that that's okay yeah actually when you then calculate it out over the week you're actually exceeding your 
sort of normal mood. Yeah. Or what I often get with my patients is they go, oh, I don't drink. Like, just on Saturday night, I'll go out. And then I'm like, what were you drinking on Saturday yeah. night? And actually, Everything. as a society, we're very guilty of binge drinking. Yeah. So we'll go out once a week and totally get, go like, sloshed. Yeah. Um, but actually, in that one night, you've consumed more than actually if you just had three nights of, of glass of wine. Yeah. You know, so it's just being mindful of, yeah. of knowing that actually there is such a thing as a limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and keeping that at the back of your mind because these things all add up over time. Yep. And then often it is that moment where somebody presents and it's a crashing car crash moment where they've got abnormal liver tests or mm-hmm. you know they've, they've developed something else mm-hmm. and that's their trigger to saying I need to I need to change. Yeah. And um, why why get there in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very true. Mm-hmm. And you probably because I remember always thinking to myself even like when I was younger and I was moved out of the house thinking oh well I'll only drink at the weekend so actually I'm that's good mm-hmm. so yeah we'll go out on yeah. a Saturday night and go for it but because I'm not drinking during the weekend during that's the week okay. I'm doing good mm-hmm. but actually it's it's actually probably better to le- level it out for your liver really yeah. rather than yeah and having okay. two drink free days a week is important as well okay. to get your body rest okay so, yeah right okay and what about someone had talked to me about fruit can you overdo it with fruit? Because obviously that's got a lot of natural sugars in it, mm. doesn't it? So I personally don't think that you can overdo fruit. I mean, everything in moderation. I, I don't know what yeah, you mean by too moderation. much, but if you were literally having fruit all day, every day, that probably wouldn't be that good for you. <laughs> but I think um, maybe three, three portions of fruit a day is what we would recommend. Yeah, I tend to kind of see three to five mm-hmm. a day. Um, and I, you're absolutely right. Um, lots of fruits have got natural sugars and um it also depends on conditions so yeah. if you're suffering from a certain condition like ibs for example actually lots like a high fruit fetch intake actually can sometimes offset and cause worsening ah, of symptoms okay. in ibs okay. so again it's just being a bit mindful because people think well I'm, I'm eating all this fruit and you're like well what kinds of fruits are you eating yes um, and it's about varying it up and yeah and balance is the key this is what we're always trying mm-hmm. to educate people is that everything's in balance we're not like extremists or yeah. health fundamentalists yeah we're we are, you know there's so many fad diets fad yeah. social media accounts out there that are recommending really dangerous things and because something has worked for one person it's not backed and in glasgow being's for both of us, it's so important that everything is super evidence-based. Yes. And knowing what is right and wrong. Like, we see... Like, I've had somebody come in that's, like, taking celery juice literally for 30 days and then has ended up with um, kidney failure and ends up oh in hospital goodness. because they were exclusively doing that because they'd read online that this was the right thing. Oh. Or people that are just drinking apple cider vinegar, damaging mm. their, like, enamel of their teeth mm. and, because they're trying to lose weight. But mm. they're following all these crazy accounts and just because one thing works for one person on an anecdotal level, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that that's right. Yeah. But health needs to be fun. And I think that we seem to, as a collective, especially in the west of Scotland, yeah. we're like, health is so boring. Like, eating well is just so boring. But actually, it doesn't need to be. We've yeah. got, there's just trying to bring more colour, more diversity. Because you do a lot on the microbiome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How important a varied diet and having yeah. lots of different colours of food is okay. for our guts. But we'll yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so food's one of them. Food's one of okay. them. Okay. do you want to do the next one? <laughs> <laughs> so um one of my areas I'm a life coach okay. um, as well. So I am literally obsessed with 
habits. Okay. Um, and one of the things that we do is we learn habits from very early on and we watch those that are older than us, um, those on the media and TV, and we kind of tend to adopt habits that are not necessarily good for us. But okay. over time, certain habits, if repeated they tend to basically create lots of illness. They change the way that our cells are working, the way our genes are working. And my big area of interest is really looking at how, what are people's kind of patterns of, of lifestyle like? Mm -hmm. And what are their routines like? And how can we actually intervene to create better routines for them? Um, it takes 30 days to change a habit. And often what we tend to go is, right, I'm going to start on the 1st of January and be like totally healthy for the whole month. And we try to do everything at one time, but yeah. it's never going to work. So it's having small achievable goals that are sustainable for the longer term and then taking another one okay. and another one, but really working on creating good habits and really working on routine because as a society again we are living in a 24 7 world now yeah um, work used to be nine to five there's no such thing as nine to five work anymore we find with our work especially in the corporate um field is that people have to be up at ridiculous times because yeah. they're doing global calls um and therefore they're compromising on their sleep or they're eating at strange times they're continuously using their smartphones and devices yeah and as a result of that all these things are just completely changing their kind of physiology mm -hmm. so it's kind of working with people to say what is your work-life balance like can we merge this and make it slightly better routine okay um but yeah so I really kind of work on motivational interviewing looking at behaviors and habits yeah um helping people to sleep better okay um, because we are chronically sleep deprived yeah. on average we should be in, especially in our adult life, yeah. be getting um, somewhere between eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Um, many of us don't do that. Yes. We're taking our devices to our beds mm -hmm. and um, that Blu-ray off the devices is affecting our natural melatonin levels, which is responsible for sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result, we wonder why we're not ever getting that lovely deep sleep that we go wish we could sleep like a baby oh, like okay <laughs> um, so that you go but yeah so it's really helping people connect again with that that sense of self that ability to check in with themselves every day to appreciate that stillness is so important we don't need to be waiting for a retreat or yeah. waiting for that annual leave holiday yeah. or the weekend to get a bit of restoration but actually it needs to be fitted in every single day okay um you can't sort of drive your car on reserve fuel but we seem to have this expectation that our bodies can go on and our energy levels will survive yeah um on very limited restoration yeah so really sleep and the stress management and mindfulness um are kind of they cover two different pillars okay um but yes yeah, so that's really what what my big area lies in yeah and also helping people to understand the power of meditation which people yeah. think needs to be sitting as a yogi under a bamboo tree which in the real world doesn't happen yeah you can actually totally bring in connection with your breath throughout the day once you're sitting at the desk, once you're commuting, yeah. um, you can take a break and go to the loo and just connect yeah. with your breath. And yeah. um, so it's just it's just literally getting people to raise their consciousness about their own health. Okay, amazing. And stress management then. So obviously meditation is a great way to, to manage yeah. stress. What other kind of tips would you have? Obviously, if you're getting the right amount of sleep and you're sleeping, Getting the right amount of sleep and you're eating well, that's going to help with your stress management because you're giving your body the fuel and stuff that it needs. But what else can people be doing 
to kind of manage stress with periods where they're feeling anxious? Yeah, so I, I really recommend to a lot of my patients um, the concept of self-compassion breaks. Okay. So throughout the day, if you're having feelings of just a little bit of anxiety, ways to recognise that is sweaty palms mm-hmm. or a sense that your heart's beating a little bit faster or you're yep. more aware of it, that sense of just the breathing getting quicker, mm-hmm. um, just the sense of I wish I could get out of this seat right now and just go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So if ever that happens, it's just removing yourself and taking five minutes or two minutes to nip to the loo and just tap into a simple inhale and exhale. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to just kind of go, okay, just take a take a pause. Yeah. Um we forget to enjoy our breathing um, yeah. as 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 people nowadays. Or even simple things like get out and get some fresh air. Yeah. Like nature is the most amazing um medication that we can yeah. ever have, yet we don't tend to utilize it enough. We're cooped up in artificial lighting all day yeah surrounded by people sometimes at work that we don't even like <laughs> we're just like yeah. I feel so stressed yeah but actually just going out connecting with the fresh air going for a quick walk at lunchtime if you can and um, just all of that de-stresses um personally what I do um and recommend again to 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 people is starting your day with um sort of affirmations mm-hmm. just we're very bad at being positive about ourselves and we use very self-critical language which really yeah. comes from the self-critical chat that we have inside our minds mm-hmm. so starting the day as naff as it sounds and I remember when I first started doing it and this kind of went on the back of my own kind of personal journey into into wellness I was like I feel like such an idiot I'm sitting here going I am strong <laughs> I will have an amazing day but soon when it becomes a habit and I teach this to my little boy now. He's yeah. six and he's been doing affirmations for like two, three years now. Oh, lovely. And I just kind of think it helps build that inner resilience. Mm-hmm. And one of the last things that I really, really do, and I hand out gratitude journals as well to patients that are suffering from any anxiety or mental health problems, um, it's just that we're very bad at being grateful. Once upon a time, people used to do gratitude at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. But nowadays we feel like being thankful for some of the moments throughout the day like, why would you do that? But actually, there's every reason to do that. Yeah. Um, particularly for us as doctors, like, I'll come home sometimes I'm emotionally, like, done in. Oh, can I imagine? But I feel yeah. like as soon as, and again, my wee boy's been doing this with me for the last three years, and we do three breathing exercises, and then we'll do gratitude. Okay. And it'll just be thinking of three things that happened during the day that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. And you know what? In doing that, in all this time, I've never put my lamp off at night and not had a smile on my face. Oh, so it just helps you connect so nice. to that. Hold on, do you know what? Yeah, there was lots of rubbish things mm-hmm. that happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm so grateful, actually, for X, Y, or Z. Yeah. So just simple little things like that can yeah. help. No, I really yeah. like that. That sounds brilliant. We do that okay. as well with three questions. So the boys have to say... Um, what did you do today to make somebody happy? Okay. What did someone do for you today that made you happy? Okay. And tell me one thing you've learned today. Ah. So sometimes if they've had a hard day at school, it's like pulling teeth. But um, sometimes you hear just lovely stuff or just like when I saw you at the bus stop, it, it made me happy and just things like that. Oh. Really, <laughs> You're doing it with them to yeah. make them appreciate the day that they've had, yeah. the impact that they've had on people around them. But it also makes you feel... Yeah. Feel lovely as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And what a good thing to do with kids as well. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I so think just general appreciation and learning 
to not just make yourself feel valued, which is yeah. important. Like we feel like we need to go to a spa day to make ourselves feel loved and pampered. Yeah. And whilst that's a lovely indulgence to have, yeah. we can actually bring that into every day and actually feel like, well, actually, I am really happy with who I am. Yeah. I am enough. Yes. Um, the people around me, I need to tell them that they matter to me. Yeah. And when you give out love, actually, you get love back. Yeah. And um, I mean, sometimes I'll randomly like I'll send you a message something good. I really love you. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> and Jude's like, whatever. Like. <laughs> but you know, you just kind of feel that there's a, we've lost that kind of connection as humans that we crave. Yeah. And yet, we've got rising levels of anxiety, isolation, loneliness. Um. Oh, at, at the moment and mm-hmm. it's because we're we're not tapping into that human bond and connection mm-hmm. which as much as you want on social media and behind screens mm-hmm. it's lovely having that validation online yeah but you know connecting with real human beings that actually bring meaning to you yeah it's so good for your health wow. yeah we absolutely. talk about that all the time don't we so one of our other pillars is community so okay not doesn't need to be called that and but you know for example glasgow girls club yeah that's community yeah our GP practices, their community, yeah. my group of friends, that's the community. I go to a spin class, work pretty hard, and part of it is for me, but part of it is I'm there with another group of people okay. who we're all encouraging each other. Yeah. And it's that sense of connection that almost the social media area, where you think that it connects us so much more, like because actually yeah. I'm in touch with people on Facebook who I don't actually know, yeah. but I see what's happening in their life. You then see them and you think, I've not seen you for years, but actually I know what's going on. You feel connected, yeah. but actually, are you? Because is some of that not really real? I know. And what would be better for you is to say, like, once a month you meet up with your friends from school, once a month you meet up with work pals out of work. Yeah. I've got a book group that I go to, which is yeah. 10 women who, in the three years we've been doing it, haven't read one book. meet <laughs> 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 once a week, once a month, sorry, last Thursday of the month, and we have... Prosecco and we talk and literally blow off steam chat you know like maybe that's a group of people that otherwise we wouldn't be friends yeah you know, we kind of all got together through different connections I want to join your book club yeah it's great <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to read a book that's amazing <laughs> so I know that's what all our husbands say <laughs> they're like mm, not so much of the book or people say dude you're in a book group what book are you reading just now and I'm like <laughs> I actually read a book for a wee while oh, well, yeah. so that sense of community is very important okay. and you provide that in Glasgow Girls Club you know because oh, people you. are there to support each other yep. I think it for me it's all about community and it's really about relationships it's about communication I feel a lot of the things in the NHS sometimes fall down for us when people aren't communicating with each other okay. we've lost that you know, in the olden days when we were training, you're younger than me, Pinham, but, um, <laughs> you know, you'd walk down the corridor and you'd ask somebody something nowadays, your yeah. phone or your email, yeah. which is lovely and you are connected, but there's nothing like that picking up the phone or going to see someone face to face. Like, I'm so big on communication. I think when communication works well, things yeah. work well. When communication yeah. doesn't work well, things fall down and yeah. things are missed and things are lost. So I think that's very important and kindness is the other thing for me. Like a patient said to me today, oh, why are you spending so much time with me? You know, and I said, because I feel like you need someone to be kind to you because yeah. you're not being kind to yourself. Like yeah. we obviously had our journeys with our own health. And I think when I was at my lowest ebb, I think honestly, the thing that made the biggest difference was a doctor who I didn't otherwise know said to me, stop being unkind to yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, just give yourself a break. So, like Panama was saying with the affirmations, but it wasn't quite formally affirmations, mm. but it was just like, why are you being so horrible to yourself? Like, look yeah. what you've been through, look how you've got through it, yeah. look where you are now, look at the difference you make to other people's lives. You know, you're bringing up these three kids, and actually, you're doing a brilliant job. So, you get almost round to the affirmations in the end, but it comes mm-hmm. from just one person saying that. And I was saying this to this person today. I was like, you know, you need to be kind to yourself. You are yeah. worth so much to everyone around you. Yeah. And I think you're doing a great job. And honestly, that person just left and they were so different from what they had been, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just about being yeah. kind and, and considering other people. Yeah. yeah. I think as women as well, we're really bad at being kind to ourselves. Yeah. We're really good at being kind to everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. But we suffer from major imposter syndrome. We are mm. very self-critical. Yeah. And we're always beating ourselves up. And, you know, to a degree, I'd say that we're guilty of it yeah. too. Like, yeah. I'm forever, you know, juggling my career, yeah. my child, and I've always got guilt for some reason. Yeah. And then the thing that will compromise, and I really have to force myself, to go, no, I need to to focus on this because it's good for my health. Yeah. But I'm always, if I'm at work, I'm like, God, I should be at home. If I'm like at home, I'm like, oh, I should be working. Yeah. You've always got that kind of, especially for girls, I think it's really bad. Yeah. And actually on the topic of the connection, Jude, that you were saying, we're even kind of closer to home. We're really bad at communicating with our own families nowadays. Yeah. Like, you know, you have couples for example like you'll get up in the morning and instead of like rolling over to like cuddle your partner you're like rolling over to reach out for your phone <laughs> and you're crazy, just like hi I'm actually going to talk to this like huge community online yeah. instead and I'm going to love everything that they're doing but I'm not going to love the person that's next to me yeah. instead I might text them and just say like what time are you starting work today and they might text you back I mean it's nuts but that's what we're doing yeah. and I think just increasingly we really need to be more mindful of just bringing that kind of human kindness compassion empathy back and not not getting rid of stuff like social media because it's it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah it connects people in ways that could never have happened before but it's, about it's the going balance, too much the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Too much yeah. The other way. people are just screen time is going up and up mm-hmm. and actually when you like have a digital detox you feel so much better for it, and you you do sleep better, yeah, and you and it's crazy. I remember because my husband's actually really good. He doesn't have social media. Like he's got Twitter, and he follows like sports accounts mm-hmm. and like the news Twitter feeds. So he's hardly ever on it. So I'm obviously always on it. And then we went to Sky one year, and we had no signal. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Watch, I bet you," because I do struggle to get to sleep. It's always been something I just toss and turn and toss and turn. Um, and I was falling asleep before him, which is like unheard of mm-hmm. for the pair of us because he can fall asleep like that. Mm-hmm. So that for me was a real eye-opener as well. Like I've just had my phone away and that's yeah. why I'm 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 disconnected from that but connected here. Yeah, yeah. So. and what's crazy is that actually now the, the wellness industry has become an industry um, is monetizing at crazy speed. And it's because they're recognizing that people are struggling. So people are investing so much on going on like exotic retreats to try and get this kind of silence and space and a digital detox has become really popular. It's now part of lots of retreats and people are paying to do this. But actually 
what we try to advocate is it doesn't need to be expensive. Like mm-hmm. your health and your health journey needs to be a continuum. Yes. In the same way that you change your clothes every day, mm-hmm. in the same way that you brush your teeth every day, yeah. you need to start to find ways of where you incorporate that little bit of fitness, physical activity. Yeah. It doesn't need to be sort of in a gym, doing hit workouts and all that jazz. It's just you need to be a bit more mindful of what's going into your mouth. You need to yes. be more mindful of like, the you know, whether you're stressed or not and checking into yourself. Yep. You don't need to pay hundreds of pounds mm-hmm. to take out four days to say, oh, now I feel dead brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really needed that spa day mm-hmm. because now I feel great. But, but actually, if you continue that, you're going to go straight back to where yes, you were. Absolutely, because you go habits. straight back into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll have four days rest. You might feel good for a day or two and then, wham, you're it's right why, back into it. It's mm-hmm. why people get sick on holiday. Like the yes. number of times, honestly, I'd be a millionaire for the number of people that always mm-hmm. come in and go, it's just terrible. I went on holiday and I was just sick the whole time. And yeah. I'm like, yes, yeah. why do you think? Yeah. It's because you're working, you're literally living life every day yeah. as though you're like chasing, you're running away from a dinosaur. Yep. Um, your adrenaline levels are so high. You're yep. constantly constantly in fight or flight so when you stop everything relaxes and your immune system's like well time for me to just do my thing (laughs) Um, and it's 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 just actually it's nothing like complex as well that we're trying to inspire people to do yeah it's but I guess the thing is we both were guilty of of falling victim to just living life at 100 miles an hour and Mm -hmm. then meeting our own sort of personal health um, issues and thinking god I really now need to stop and start again yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah so in terms of the pillars then so you've got sleep, sleep stress mm-hmm. food community physical right okay okay again as Puna was saying it's not about joining a gym it's yep. not about climbing mountains it's yep. about making little changes to your day so Things that I tell patients or advise patients is, you know, if you're getting the bus into town to go to work, get off the bus a couple of stops earlier, walk yep. that little bit extra. Yep. Before you um, have your lunch, maybe go for a quick walk around the block, come yep. back. After tea, go for a walk around the block. You know, yep. we're saying about stopping sweet treats, go and do something nice, like yep. go for a walk with your family, take the dog for a walk, something yep. like that, just to get some fresh air. Borrow a dog. You get as Poonam said earlier, you gain so much from just being outside in the fresh air. So yep. we're big advocates that nothing that doesn't need to cost anything. If you want to do something, find something that you love. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Like so I literally couldn't tell you the number of things that I have done exercise-wise in my life. Probably my most enjoyed one was like high intensity and yep. marathons and, you know, running a lot. Um, but when I was unwell, actually, that all changed. And I yep. realised what I needed was to be a bit kinder. And yep. so I do. I did Pilates um, after I had my third child because my tummy was in a bit of a... It had a bit of a challenging situation. <laughs> so I knitted that back together with Pilates and then did yoga, actually. So I don't even go to a yoga class. I do it on with YouTube. Okay, brilliant. So, you know, so even that doesn't need to cost anything. Yeah. Or now I go to spin class. So for me, spin, I love it. Yeah. I get that um, high-intensity interval training type um fitness but I'm also with a group of people who are who as you walk in you know they're like hi Jude how are you oh I didn't see you last week you know how are you doing oh how was your holiday you know oh, and you good. just That's feel nice. like yep. you're not only getting your physical activity but you're getting a sense of community everybody's encouraging each other yeah and I just find that's really good for me so 
find something that you love, find something with your husband or your wife yeah. or your partner to go and enjoy, do something with your friends, meet your friends at lunchtime if they work near you and walk around the block with them yeah. once, you know, just find something you like because if you force yourself to do something that you don't like, so I have friends who have tried running a number of times yeah. and they're like, it's Eat not it. for me, yeah. it's just not for me but I feel like I need to do it. But none of them have kept it going because they don't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. If you don't find something you love, you'll give it up. It's much easier. That's why things like, you know, diets don't work per se. You know, it's about changing your Mm -hmm. life and finding a way to eat that suits you that you love. Because then you're going to want to find more recipes that are like that. You're going to want to share that with your friends. You're going to want to go and do that class on a dark, cold night. Because you'll see your friends there or, you know, you'll come out with a smile on your face. So... There's levels that we should keep um, up with, you know, the amount of physical activity, you know, again, the chief medical officer tells us about things like that. But for us, it's just about adding a little bit more than what you're doing just now. Yeah. Just gradually increase it um, and find something that you love. Yeah. Yeah. The most important thing is it is so unique. Yeah. And I think everyone tries like with diets or a type of exercise to take it on because they think that that's what they should be doing. But people come from different cultures, mm-hmm. different backgrounds, different belief systems, different interests. Yeah. So really, if you want something to last forever, it has to be something that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for me, I just I have a really busy schedule and I don't have time to get to a class ever. Yeah. Every time I've signed up, I've lost money because I just never get out to yeah. it. So the only way that I can do it is by going on an early morning walk with my dog. Okay. Um, I always do a walk after dinner with my wee boy because I really want him to see that you know physical activity is important. And it also gives us that kind of walk and talk thing. And we're big advocates for encouraging mm-hmm. people to do walking meetings. And, okay, yeah. Um, I take my students out on walks when we're doing tutorials. Okay. And um, but there's lots of different ways to weave it in. Um, but even doing things, simple things like doing squats when you're brushing your teeth, yeah. like you've just got your heart rate up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, I do yoga also, mm-hmm. but I just do it online. I, yeah. I follow some YouTube videos and that's how I get it in. So there's never an excuse. Yes. And every age is capable of doing some form of movement. Mm-hmm. I think when you start putting it down to, I need to do 60 minutes today, I need to hit those 10 minutes. Yes. And whilst that's great for some people that are very target driven, it can also be quite off-putting because if you yeah. don't achieve that, you think, well, what's the point? Yeah. But actually, 10 steps is better than no steps. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brilliant. Okay, well, I think I've got a very clear understanding of what a healthy day looks uh-huh. like now. So that is brilliant. Okay, now you've both mentioned your own journeys into creating Glasgow Wellbeing. Do you mind telling us a wee bit about that? Sure. So I have got three boys and when I was pregnant with my third child in 2016, I had a physical health issue, which okay. then once I'd had him kind of evolved into more a mental health issue and I had um, my own postnatal depression and... I absolutely worked with my GP, yeah. saw specialists, all those kind of things. But I think I then became aware that there was things that I was doing that weren't helping myself. So there's okay. very little you can do sometimes about the sleep aspect, but yeah. the being kind to yourself was yeah. really important. Um, for me, I changed what I was eating. So okay. I cut down on processed foods. I am probably like 80% plant-based now. I eat Brilliant. loads of fruit and vegetables. Okay. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel better inside and outside. It makes me, you know, work better. I think I'm a bit sharper mentally. And, um, you know, I just think it has so many benefits. I don't cut out 
lots of other things. You know, it's just that mm-hmm. I focus on getting more fruits and vegetables into my diet. Yeah. I, as I said, I went from being like a marathon and hip person to doing yoga and Pilates, and it just gave me a bit more of a sense of calm. Yes. I did a mindfulness for professionals course. So mm-hmm. before then, I'd been at work and I'd been telling everybody about the benefits of mindfulness, but I'd never done it myself. Okay. You know, and suddenly when I learned about it, I was like, gosh, this is why people are recommending mm-hmm. it. Actually, is making me feel much, much better. better. So they were the main things. And probably for me, getting back to work was good as well. Okay. Because I think I get a lot from my work and we're probably a bit, both a bit like this, that we get a lot of um, feeling good about ourselves from helping other people. And that's really why we've done Glasgow Wellbeings as well, because yeah. we've had journeys, and Puna will tell you hers, but I learned so much. And I just thought, you know, the things that I've maybe been practising in conventional medicine are absolutely still valid, but there's other things that I can give people advice about. Yeah, And I've done it myself. And I think... We're sometimes very guilty when we've done something ourselves and it's worked for us that it, everybody must do it. And I don't feel that way, but I feel that I have lots of ideas of different things. And okay. I would never say to a patient, you must do X, Y and Z. I'd say, well, what do you think you could do? What do you want to work on? And I can maybe find some things that might resonate with you that yeah. make a difference to you. So I would say the medicine I practice now is probably pretty different from what I practiced um, before I'd had that period of ill health myself yeah um, I think you know even today I was telling a patient about you know having anxiety and I think when you when I've told patients about it they've kind of looked at me as if oh gosh you're human and actually you have got lived experience of that and yeah you're not just telling me what to do you're actually empathizing and you know you've been in that situation and you know these are the various things that help me maybe one of them might help you yeah or, or you know, give some other advice. So yeah, it's definitely changed refreshing. me as a person. Yeah, that's refreshing as well because yeah. you do sometimes with GPs, you just assume that they're superhuman uh-huh. and they don't go through what other people go through because we're exactly they. The same. Yeah, yeah. And I think more people are talking about that now. Like honestly, like if you'd known me five years ago, I was a different person, and I don't think the you know that person back then would recognize me now I, okay. I couldn't have imagined talking to you Laura about this you know okay. like yeah I might have told Poonam but I wouldn't have told anybody else yeah. but now I feel so that actually it's nothing to be ashamed about no. lots of people have the kind of issues that we've had and as I said to one of my patients today I said look here I am two years down the line and I am much much better yeah. you know so it's not that you have this diagnosis and it's always going to challenge you you know there yeah. might be times where my anxiety gets worse but I've learned the coping mechanisms for me I've learned what works for me and I've put them into place yeah and, and that's what I try and reassure patients that they're not alone yeah that everybody has issues at different times of their life and being kind to each other is really important yeah yeah okay well thank you for sharing that with us and um, well with me um I think up until so I had my wee boy six years ago and just going to be honest, like, but up until that point, I had completely taken my health for granted. Mm. I'd never been ill, really, in my yeah. life. That was anything to, like, a sore throat here and there. Um, I was a bit of a party animal and just kind of, <laughs> just, like, lived life. <laughs> had a really healthy pregnancy and just, again, was just took everything for granted. And then just after, um, just at the birth, I ended up with a forceps delivery, but then ended up with a really severe blood loss. And um, just one thing led to another, just loads of complications. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in intensive care with a very touch and go situation. 
um, and there's definitely I relate to you Jude when you say there is a before that and mm-hmm. an after that mm-hmm. because the person that kind of survived that and always was born like yeah. with my son um, and I think to a degree you are kind of born again as a as a as a, a new person when you become a mum I was so sick mm-hmm. afterwards like I was in hospital for a few weeks I um, had to go in and out of hospital for a long period of time um, I had to go in for surgery uh, and I think just I'd never been ill before yeah I'd never been a patient before mm-hmm. and I'd never felt so vulnerable and helpless in all my life than I did at that time and one of the things that I really struggled with my mental health um, during that period of um, time and I had this kind of gut feeling that something was wrong with my baby and everybody around me was like sort of all the medics and I mean don't get me wrong it was the best care I'm alive today because of them Uh but at the time like my health visitor my GP they were like you know you're just suffering from postnatal depression and you need Uh an antidepressant and that wasn't what I wanted I Uh wanted somebody to listen to the fact that I was worried about my baby Uh and then eight weeks later my little boy choked and he was having silent reflux and had a respiratory arrest so he just kind of went blue and fluffy and I think at that point it was a big shift in me of just being like hold on a minute I did have the right gut instinct. Mm -hmm. And I think actually tuning in and recognizing that we have this intuitive thing inside of us Mm -hmm. that says something's not right. And up until that point, you probably had patients. We've had Mm -hmm. patients so many times ago, something's not quite right. And you're sitting there going going through the list of signs and Mm -hmm. symptoms in your head. You're looking at the numbers. Your bloods are normal. Oh, you must just be anxious. Um, But actually... At that point, I was like, I'm taking things into my own ha- like okay. into my own hands. Yeah. And through my mum, who is very Indian, mm-hmm. and we come from a family essentially of Ayurveda, which is plant based medicine, which yep. I poo pooed completely up until like this I, moment okay. in life because I was a proper doctor. <laughs> um, there was no such other thing as alternative healing. Okay. Um, but it was simple things like just learning to eat better. I was like, mm-hmm. I need to get better for my son. Um, but equally, like me and him have got each other. We're in this together. Yeah. And actually, I learned so much from my baby that he kind of almost taught me to get back. So it was like watching him at some of these baby sensory classes. And he would look at the fairy lights and I would look at the fairy lights and we'd be like, hmm not really digging this but then we'd go outside and he'd be like fascinated with the sky he'd be looking at the colours of the leaves changing and I was like enjoying these walks with him and I was like ah and before I knew what mindfulness actually was I was like reading him I was reading my own body I forgot like I was chucked all the books that were telling me about how to create the perfect baby routine because my baby would not sleep he had eating feeding issues Um, and then when he was weaning, again, learning just about the way he would see food was just, it was just fascinating. And yeah. I was like, well, I've lost connection. I just shovel my food down my throat and I'm never looking at food the way yeah. he's looking at it. I was like smearing strawberry in my hands going, this does smell quite nice. I've never smelled. I just put it down and put cream on it. Um, but I think just through that journey, what I learned was I started walking and doing a bit more sort of incorporating physical activity to help my body yeah I didn't take the drugs that were given to me um I worked on meditating so I started kind of actively meditating that's when my practice for meditation began Mm -hmm. and now I'm I'm training to be a teacher in meditation but it transformed me because that's what my mind body spirit kind of needed um I was so out of balance and 
like I really needed the wisdom of my elders so my mum just going for God's sake stop being so hard like I pushed myself to breastfeed for eight weeks and even though I was physically crumbling mm -hmm. and dying inside yeah I needed like every the medics around me were like keep going it's mm -hmm. fine and my mum was like for God's sake yeah. like you were a 1983 baby we were encouraged <laughs> to give you formula yeah. and you turned out to be a doctor it can't be that bad for you and I was like thanks mum but just allowing giving yourself permission yeah. to just mm -hmm. be and yeah. stop beating yourself up and so that's where lifestyle medicine really came into my life and it was a term that I developed I discovered only a couple of years ago but I realized that. I became predominantly plant-based and how much that transformed me. Yeah. Um, what I was putting in generally was showing the results of feeling better. Um, I wasn't feeling sluggish. Um, I was feeding my baby good food and that gave me a huge sense of delight and yeah. satisfaction. Um, and yeah, and sleep, God, it took him five years to sleep through the night. So um, we work we work on that one. <laughs> <Very> tough. <laughs> but yeah, but I think just being the patient was a huge insight. Mm -hmm. And I think just connecting with that human element. And yeah, I openly tell my patients sometimes if they're really in a dark place and I say, guess what? Mm -hmm. I know what you're going through. Yeah. And it's awful. And sometimes we just need to hear that it's... Terrible. I was yeah. going to say a bad word there. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Life can sometimes just be shit, yeah, and it can yeah. be like that for all of us. But yeah. at, the, at the core of it all is just is is being really taking ownership and saying, "I want my health to be better for me, mm -hmm. and I can turn this around." Yeah. And whilst there's a complete role for medicine when it's needed, a lot of things can be fixed without medication. Wow. Such a good message, such a good message for the podcast and it's, it's lovely to hear, although you've both been through like really mm -hmm. tough times, it's, it's lovely to hear your backstories and creating what you've done to help mm -hmm. other people because it is, it is easy to think that GPs are superhuman, like yeah. I always just thought that myself, like I was always so surprised if I ever heard my GP was off ill, I was like, How I get ill, <laughs> like, <laughs> really? Yeah. So we touched earlier on, on gut health so you guys must see a lot of trends coming through yeah in the in the medical profession there's lot there's always there's a trend for everything isn't there, there is. but recently and i'm not really very knowledgeable about this trend it was actually maybe last year i think someone had said oh do you know that you're really supposed to be conscious of your gut health and i was like what's that ah. <laughs> like what is that but can you tell us a wee bit more about that and what people can be doing because obviously that ties into the kind of nutrition yeah. pillar and yeah, it ties into them all, actually, yeah. doesn't it? It's so, like a topic in itself. Yeah. You can summarise it. Yeah, quick <laughs> summary. So um, I'm not an expert on gut health. I just am very interested in it. Yeah. And I think, as Panum had said, there's lots of things we're not taught at university, and this absolutely was not taught at university. And I think it's more an emerging field. Um, okay. But just that so much in, about our health and well-being comes back to our gut. So when we talk about our gut, we're talking about tube obviously that goes from our mouth down to our bottoms okay and in that big long tube that's a lesson for me I did not know <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> so it's a nine foot long tube wow right yeah okay and uh, it's broken into different bits but it, within this big long tube there's 40 trillion little chemists that work for us and that's okay. your microbiome so have you heard okay. of your microbiome Yes, I think I've heard of them in relation to an advert for a brand yep, that exactly. is meant to be good, but maybe not. Yep. Probiotic. Probiotic. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly it. So um, 
Your microbiome are these little chemists that um, break down your food into um, kind of building blocks that we need for our health. They also produce certain messengers that we can take in and they help us with our immune systems. Okay. So obviously those things are all super important for us. And there are little, there's a, a variety of things that make up the microbiome, but we mostly talk about the bacteria. Mm-hmm. And in my very simple view of how things are, there's good bacteria and there's bad bacteria. Mm-hmm. And we have a mixture and that's totally normal. We want the balance of power to be with the good bacteria. Okay. And how we get the good bacteria is by eating lots of good food. Okay. And not killing off the good bacteria. Okay. How we encourage the not so good bacteria is by eating less healthy diets, okay. drinking more alcohol, having more having excess sugar, yep. um, having a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, antibiotics. Or antibiotics. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so good and bad bacteria. So we want there to be a mixture, but we yep. want the balance of power to be with the good ones because the good ones then will take the food that we eat, especially good foods like fibre, fibrous yep. foods, and okay. they'll use this to make your immune system stronger to make um, the nutrients that we need for our body and to make certain substances that we can't take in. Okay. So those things are all, as I said, very important. So things that we can do to help ourselves are to try and avoid killing off the good bacteria. Okay. So the way that we can avoid killing them off is, um, we were talking about Mrs. Hinch earlier, but, you know, not having too sterile an environment. Okay. You know, it's not, it's not... It's not necessary hard. to kill all the bugs in our environment. Yeah. Um. Actually, you know, that's how we build up our immune system. You know, mm-hmm. kids when they go into nursery, you know, I I remember when my first child started nursery. It was literally the six months of the worst health I'd ever had in my whole life. Oh, I hear that all the time. Yeah, they're building yeah. up their immune systems. But actually, now my eldest, I couldn't tell you the last time he was unwell. Okay. You know, so and it's and being out in you know the woods or the fields or whatever you know you also help to build up your immune system that yeah so don't fear a little bit of dirt or a little bit of uncleanliness yeah trying to avoid taking long-term antibiotics unless you need them like i'm not we're not replacing your gp's advice but you know if there's an alternative then think about yeah about that so don't encourage the bad bacteria. So the way that you don't encourage the bad bacteria is by trying to cut out things like um, additives, preservatives, alcohol, sugar. Yeah, kind of okay. If you cut them down, then the bad bacteria can't thrive as well. Okay, that's very Does interesting. That yeah, that is very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So then you can also, um, what we call, kind of plant the seeds by, you know, taking in foods that have got... The bacteria in them but also the fiber that they need yeah to thrive okay and fermented foods is an example of that so you know so we've what, had our fermented uh, yes. so tell us workshop. about the fermented foods then what so, what are fermented foods so fermented foods are foods that are almost preserved with salt okay and if you think for example sauerkraut so that's the most the easiest example sauerkraut yep. is cabbage yeah and salt Okay. That's it. You can add other things into it, but a basic sauerkraut is that. Okay. So you're taking cabbage, yep. which is a vegetable, which is full of lots of fibre, yep. and you're preserving it with salt. And yep. by doing this, you are building up bacteria in the 
um, sauerkraut and it's not unhealthy bacteria it's the bacteria we have in our bodies mm-hmm. but it's all good bacteria okay. so you are taking in then the prebiotic in the form of the cabbage mm-hmm. and the fibrous food and also the bacteria that is grown from preserving that in salt okay. so then you're introducing some of that microbiome yeah. introducing some good bacteria into your gut yeah. and you're almost giving your gut an example of what good bacteria looks like okay. to kind of copy Okay, so would that be raw cabbage or cooked cabbage? So it's raw cabbage. Raw so cabbage, you okay. shred up a cabbage yep. and you put in, um, I think it's 15 grams of salt. Well, actually, we run workshops on it, yeah. so um, we yeah. should really get you over to one yeah, of our workshops. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. And you've got one coming up that we'll talk about as yeah. well. And so you put the salt in, you just rub it, and yeah. lots of liquid comes out. Okay. You put it in a jar. And you seal this jar and you leave it for anywhere between two and four weeks, I think. Okay, so then a good amount of time. A, then okay. it builds up all the good bacteria, you take that in. So that's fermented foods and that's an example of kind of showing your gut the good bacteria that it should have. And then finally, the last thing that you can do is, we've probably mentioned it already, but is to eat the rainbow. So eating yes. a variety of colours. and Which is a nice way of looking at it, isn't it? Like Yeah, it's great for the children because they can see colourful foods, but yeah. also it's so good for us to um, feed all these different types of bacteria that all need different types of fibre yeah. and different um, phytochemicals to uh, kind of feed themselves on. So, um, yeah, eat the rainbow, we say, or an example of something we say is to try and uh, have different uh, vegetable every week. So, for example, okay. go to the supermarket. If you saw a cabbage, buy a cabbage, have it in something, mm-hmm. or cauliflower, or something that you maybe wouldn't mm-hmm. buy all the time, yep. or a different fruit, like, um, you know, I don't buy oranges all the time, but maybe yep. one week I'll buy them, you know, just so that you're getting that good variety, okay. but at the same time, it's all good stuff. Yeah. It's all helping yeah. our guts. And the other um, thing is that we've we've become really disconnected with seasonal buying. Yeah. So it's actually going to the supermarket and appreciating actually in the country that we live in. Yeah. What is the fruit and veg of the season? Mm-hmm. Because the way that the world actually has been designed before we've all like interfered. Yeah. You know, things grow seasonally, mm-hmm. and the things that grow seasonally are actually what is right for us at that time of year, okay. and it's full of the good nutrients that we need yeah but what we've done is like in winter where we should actually be putting on more stodgy foods and we should be having more warmer kind of um probably a little bit more carbs in winter just to kind of keep us kind of cozier inside i guess we're having like mediterranean salads for lunch you know Um, so whereas in summer actually you want to be having sort of more lighter foods um so it's about learning to kind of do that like we shouldn't really be having strawberries so it's just again learning to do that and if you've got kids a really good um thing is taking your kids to the supermarket with you and getting them to work through an alphabet like maybe every week okay. and kind of saying right pick a vegetable or a fruit starting with the letter c and um, this week we're going to do d ah, okay. um, but it again gets them quite excited because yeah. again again starting with the source mm-hmm. is if you can get kids really interested in colours because again in the west of Scotland particularly we're very guilty of having a beige diet yeah and kids are eating a lot of processed stuff we'll love our fish fingers and chicken nuggets and maybe just get peas every day but actually getting more colours into into them is helping develop their microbiome to be more diverse okay which means when they will get sicker when they're older and then they've got more resilience inside 
um, like so much evidence is coming out that says that the, the gut is the second brain of the body wow. and actually is way more powerful. Most of our happy hormones are actually created within the gut, okay. which is why, um, you know, often if what, what you eat affects the way that you feel. So, yeah. um, and the process of eating actually starts so long before. So one of the things that we do, nutrition is one thing about what you're eating, yep. but also how you're eating. Yeah. So learning to sit down and slowly eat your food yep. rather than shoveling it whilst you're on the go. Um, you've not been mindful of you're doing that, at your are desk. you? Yeah. Like people are, and we're all guilty of it. There's days where, you know, you just can't get away. So you're just scoffing your sandwich at the desk whilst doing your work. But the process of digestion starts long before you actually even put anything in your mouth. Yeah. So your saliva production starts when you're actually looking at your food. Yeah. But we, again, we're watching TV when we're eating our food. So you need to actually look at what is it that's on my plate <laughs> and appreciate what's on your plate and learn and teaching kids as well who are always glued to iPads. Yes. Um, but actually saying, right, okay, what, what are we eating and how does that feel and chew your food and, mm-hmm. how, you know, it's that whole mindful eating experience. Yep. So um, it's not just what you eat, it's how you eat it. It's when you eat it. Mm-hmm. So eating really close to bed, we would discourage that because yep. it affects how you sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just, just making sure that you are snacking on healthy things and not just snacking on crisps and sweets. Yeah. Um, and odd treats okay, but... You know, nuts and fruits and things like that are just are, are, are so just the best. Better. They're just the best. Oh. Haggis, you've been very vocal in this podcast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we will talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, right. I feel as if I've just learned so much. I feel as if I've literally like I could re-listen to this and re-listen to it. So that's been oh. so so good. So tell us then if anybody wants to connect with you, pair to come to an event, yep. or maybe they want to come along as an expert and do a collab, how yep. do they get in touch with you and what's coming up? So join our group on Meetup, and okay. I'll let you know about the free Meetups. Brilliant. We have a Facebook group that you can join, and that tells you about events, but okay. also we post other things, but probably mostly we communicate through Instagram, don't we? So yeah. um, if you're wanting to collab with us, then just um, message us message us through Instagram and what's the Insta I'll post it underneath anyway it's at Glasgow Wellbeing perfect brilliant and yeah and we've got a website that's currently under construction so we will have that up in which we'll be able to kind of share more content because that's like we want to try and give as much sort of free content out to people because like we say our big passion is that it doesn't need to be complicated and it doesn't need to be expensive yeah um we have some really exciting um speakers that are world-renowned coming up um in the next few months Brilliant. doing really big topics so we're really excited about being able to bring them up yeah. but yeah really through the meetup for the free app uh, okay. the free meetups um, and yeah, Instagram for everything else. Yep. Brilliant. Great. And your next event is the 26th That's of October. October. Okay. It's all in winter wellness. Oh, great. But, um, okay. Really how to keep yourself well during yep. winter. And where can people get tickets? I'll post a link underneath so this podcast. That's so. through Meetup. So that's through one meetup. of our free events. Okay, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I feel like we should do a next chapter <laughs> of the podcast. We yeah. could maybe do them like seasonally as well yeah. and get all that information I in. I would love that. So that's been so well. Thank you so much, ladies. Thanks for having us. That's you. been brilliant. <laughs>
inspirational. (laughs) (laughs) Even everybody just takes one thing away from what we've talked about, then that's going to change, make little changes that will all add up to make big changes to people's health. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, no, thank you so much. That's been brilliant. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Fancy hearing more from Dr. Jude and Dr. Poonam? Well, I'm delighted to confirm that both they, alongside life and business coach Kirsty Ann Ray, will be our expert speakers at the final GGC Speed Networking event, which will be taking place on the 13th of November in the stunning Jigsaw Store in Ingram Street. Stay tuned to the GGC Facebook group for the tickets launching for this unmissable event.